You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. I want to speak about something that I believe is very important for us, for us as individuals and for us as a Christians, for us as, as a church and as people who live together. And uh, this thing is forgiveness. I want to speak about forgiveness. I want to speak about forgiving each other. I want to speak about understanding what really forgiveness is and why is for us important. Uh, it is important for us, of course, uh, just to start with, I could say that we are not, not, none of us is perfect. And so as we live together in our families, in our community, in our church, inevitably there will be times where there will be problem coming, coming between us. And uh, if we don't deal with this problem, if we don't learn how to forgive and to go on, uh, if we don't forgive, we leave space for unforgiveness that eventually will bring division. And uh, believe it or not, you were not created by God to be alone. You are created by God to be with people. So it is important for us to understand what, what we, uh, how, what we can do and how we can avoid that unforgiveness will bring division. So from the beginning, when God created man, man was never meant to be alone. God created Adam, and short after, he created Eve and, uh, um, as an helper for him. And he didn't place them on the two opposite sides of the Garden of Eden. He put them together because he wanted to do stuff together, which is not only to populate the earth, but actually they had stuff to do, like they had to k- take care of the creation. They had to build something together. So since the beginning, in the heart of God was for man to be... Um, uh, to be for community, for building something together. And family, in fact, is the very first, the very basic of, of us living together. Our families, and then a lot of families together form communities, a lot of community form region, region form nation, and so on. So we were not meant to be alone. And uh, we were not meant to be alone simply from, uh, for the fact that when we are alone, first of all, we are vulnerable. We are vulnerable because if we fall, and there is nobody next to us who can help us to, to, um, to, to, raise, uh, to rise again, we, we will eventually stay down. So we are vulnerable. We are um, open to, uh, more open for us, if you want, to the attack of the enemy, of Satan, who try always to destroy the church and to destroy the children of God. Uh, not only we, uh, we are alone, but we can do very little. And that's the reality, if we're honest with ourselves. If you, if you think about someone, a man or a woman being alone without working with people, without working together with others, what you can do is very limited. You cannot do a lot, really. And I would push even this forward by saying that a, a person who is alone is a useless person. And although it could be a little bit a strong word, but if we think about the meaning of that, okay, uh, the opposite of being useless is to be useful. But if I don't have anybody around around me whom I can help, I am useless. If I don't have anybody around me whom I can offer my help, whom I, with whom I can be useful, I will be inevitably useless. And not only that, not only this, if if when we are alone, the skills and the potential that God has put into your very heart, into my heart, we will not exercise them, and eventually they will die within us. So our being around in this earth would be really something very mean, meaningless if we, if we do it alone by ourselves. 
And, and God knew that. In fact, it's not a mistake. Sometimes we may think, oh God, why you, you, you made us this way? You know, did you, I don't know, it was maybe a, a little problem when you created us, but actually there was no problem. He wanted us to be this way because he wanted us to build stuff together. If you wanted to, to, crea to create, uh, instead of Adam and Eve, two superheroes who could just go on by, by themselves, they, they had the strengths of infinite strengths, infinite of all the gifts and all the skills, so that alone they could build and, and, and start and finish something, he, he could have done that that way. But he didn't do that. He, he created us in a way where we are, we need to be interdependent one on another. I bring my bit, you bring your bit, you bring your skill, I bring this, I bring that, and together we build something. Together we move on in God. So we were never meant to be alone. We were meant to build stuff together. And coming back to my opening point, that's why for us it's important to understand what is forgiveness. Because if there is no forgiveness in our heart, there will be unforgiveness, which will bring division and which will eventually isolate you. And the fact of being together is something that is built within man. It's not something that we learn. You can observe that in children. I can observe that in Joshua, my son now. He's entering the stage of his uh, growing, of his development where, development, where actually he wants to stay with people, he, with, with children, with other children who wants to play with them. He's interested about what they do. He wants to know about their toys and he wants to share his toys. So there is something within him that is, is bringing him in that position of sharing or, or of, of staying to, together with other people. So it, it is something that God has, has placed inside of, of us. And everybody knows, um, or at least even if you take in the secular society, all the big men, the big minds who, are, who managed to achieve, to achieve a lot in their life, they know that alone they cannot do anything. They, build, they all believe in the power of a team. They all believe in the power of building stuff together. So when we are together, we are strong. When we are alone, we are weak. And Satan knows that. And that's why what he does, he's always to try to isolate you from, from the people around you. God, whatever God has created, he has done it perfectly, and Satan just got the opposite. God created man to be together, and Satan wants man to be alone. Because when we are alone, we are vulnerable. When, when he managed to isolate ourselves, he's having ground in our life. Where he's actually having a victory in our life. And that's why for us as a Christians, as a Christian, it is important to understand how important it is to forgive. How important it is to, no, to do not let unforgiveness dominate our hearts and therefore create a division that will isolate, uh, uh, will isolate us. And, uh, I was thinking about uh, you know, forgiveness and, and the Bible, and I was looking at the life of Paul. I've been studying the book of Corinthians lately, lately quite a lot. And Paul was a man who, who did manage to forgive a lot. If you go throughout uh, the book of First uh, and Second Corinthians, you see that the Corinthians had, had messed up quite a lot. But nevertheless, he was always managing to, uh, to love them, to correct them, so to build them up. So I've taken something from his life in Second Corinthians chapter 2, Something of his life that speaks about his ability and his um, uh, to forgive others, but not only his ability, but as well the importance that he Paul himself was putting into this uh, into forgiving other people. Okay, so we go in Second Corinthians chapter two from verse five to verse eleven. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me as, as, 
as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too, too, too severely. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, and I want to repeat this, I urge you, Paul was urging the Corinthians, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone who, uh, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan may not outwit us, for we are not, uh, for, for we are not unaware of his schemes. So here is the situation. There was this man. We don't know exactly who this man was, who had caused quite a lot of problem, quite a lot of grief to, to the church in Corinth, to the Corinthians. And uh, the problem was already been addressed by the church in Corinth. They, somehow they already uh, dealt with him. In verse 6, when he said the punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. This punishment, really the word is not right, really uh, punishment as we intended. You know that they really have punished him, but it was like the problem has been addressed. Was Paul was, was meaning there. The, the problem that this man was causing has been addressed. Now it's time to forgive. So again, we don't know who this man was. We don't know what exactly he did, but there was an urgency that Paul was putting on the Corinthians to forgive this man. And the reason why at the last verse that we, that we read is in, in verse 11, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Outwit is means meaning it means also to deceive. Yeah. So the whole point of that Paul was making and urging the Corinthians to forgive this man was so that Satan might not deceive us. And here is also my starting point. Satan is is it is in Satan's interest that we don't forgive each other. It is in in Satan's interest that we uh, we give space in our hearts in our hearts to our unforgiveness because as I said before forgiveness brings unity unforgiveness brings separation and this is if you think is exactly what happened between us and God sin has caused man to be separated by God and through Christ we have been forgiven and therefore we have been reunited with God and in Colossians 1, 19, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, we find this concept um, explained very well. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, speaking about Christ, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things on heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So this is the story between us and God. In order for us to be reunited with God, God had to, for, to, um, to express his forgiveness to us by, give, by offering his son, Christ, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. And through his blood, we are forgiven. And, and we are not anymore separated by God. And bringing this to, uh, to a relationship, separate, uh, separate, to be separated is something very dangerous because it's an obstacle to relationship. It's actually the very opposite. And we can all witness that. If we want to build a relationship with, with, with someone, but there is a division in our heart, maybe there is some unforgiveness towards this person, no matter how much we, we try, no matter how much effort we put, we will not be able to, be the, to build a solid relationship with this individual. I spoke from personal experience. I found myself in my life sometimes wanting to build a relationship with people, but because there was unforgiveness in my heart for things, they was not able. It was difficult for me, even if I tried really to build something solid. And I really to come to the place that I have to forgive. I have to, to let things go in order to move on. 
Forgiveness does not only stop us from building, uh, sorry, forgiveness. Separation does not only stop us from building relationship, but really put us in two different tracks. It's like when two people are separated, are pulling in two different directions. So if a, if a family is separated, the family is not anymore united. We're not moving together as a family. If there is separation in the church, the church cannot really move forward as a one body, but everybody will try to pull in this direction and we will lose the effectiveness, that, that, that we will lose the, um, um, the potential of what we can do is, is, is dramatically, dramatically reduced when we are separated. And then his separation is really something that destroys family, destroys church, dis- destroys friendship, dis- destroys teens. So that's why it is important for us if we sense that there is separation in our heart. If you sense that there is maybe someone uh, next to you, maybe a friend, a colleague, a family member, a church member, whoever is there. If, if you feel that there is something sudden is, be- is between you and this person, you've got to go in the place where you forgive each other in order that you can start uh, again together. And uh, um, I do understand that sometimes to forgive is difficult. Um, depends what people have done to us or what we have done to people. It's difficult for, for us to, to forgive someone or for other people to forgive us. And, and if you're asking me, Samuele, what's the secret of, to forgive? I say, I don't know. But I know someone who can help you to forgive. I know someone who managed to forgive the impossible. And this someone is Jesus Christ. And we all know that if you want to learn how to do something, we need to get a master that he has already mastered that thing that we want to learn. So if you want to learn how to forgive, if we say, oh, there is no strength in me, I, I don't know how to do it, then I would say, let's go to Jesus Christ. He will teach you. He will show you. He will give you the strength to forgive and to let things go. Not only unforgiveness brings separation, but unforgiveness is going to be an anchor in your soul. It's going to be an anchor, a heavy anchor in your spirit. Something that will cause you to get stuck in life. Only when we are in that position where of peace with everybody, where everything is sorted, we really can, be, we can taste the freedom and we can move forward. But when, we are, when, when there is something that is binding us, something that is, has been unsorted in our past, then even if we try to be you know, these great and nice Christians, the reality is there was going to be something in your heart that will always pull you to that situation and that, that unforgiveness, that, that corner in your heart where still unforgiveness is, is reigning. And uh, uh, if, again, if you think about, uh, I mean, we, we may think, you may think that you are free. Maybe there is some unforgiveness in your life. Maybe there is someone whom you have not forgiven. And you might think that actually I'm free anyway somewhere. It's not true. I'm moving on in life. But that's not the reality. You see, when we were unforgiven by God, man, the, man he thought in his ignorance that he was still free to do whatever he wants. But in the big picture, he was prisoner of that position of being separated by, by their cre- creator. And so sometime in our life, we, we, uh, we don't give importance to these things because oh, who, who is going to see this person anymore? I'm moving on. But actually, it's important that we, that we forgive, that we, 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 be, we manage to bridge the gap that has been created so that we can move forward in freedom again because we know that we have been obedient to Christ. We know that we have been obedient to what Christ has commanded us, which is to forgive one another. And uh, this brings me to the next point because the danger of unforgiveness is really 
again, it's not just something that can con condition you. Maybe you feel a bit heavy. You feel that something is wrong in your life. If there is unforgiveness in your heart, will eventually really bring you far away from God. Uh, you know, as I said, Jesus' commandment was to forgive. And the Bible is full of examples, and you can pick many of them. And I've just taken one from Colossians 3, verse 13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a, has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So again, here we read um, of this uh, commandment, this uh, example that was put on Christ. That was not Jesus speaking here. But still here, the writer was saying, forgive. The writer was, was saying, forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. And as well, if we go back in the passage that we read in Corinthians, in uh, verse 9, Paul said, says this. He said, another reason I wrote you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. So it was not just Paul. He didn't just write to tell them, please forgive him. Because, you know, at the end, you know, when we need to love each other, he's a nice guy, etc. Let's forgive him. Let's go move on. But actually it was a test for Paul, for the Corinth, to Paul for the Corinthians to see if they were obedient in every, obedient in everything. And this obedience, it, it, and the obedience here would, would have been expressed by the Corinthians being able to forgive this man. So forgiveness is not an option for us. If we call ourselves Christian, which means really follow our Christ, if we call ourselves really people who want to be and to grow, in, to, to be Christ-like, then we have to start to apply the teaching of Christ. It's not just about coming to church. It's not just about praying. It's not just about uh, living our life, you know, in this kind of connection with God. We actually, in a practical way, we have to put our life on the stake and say, what, Lord, what do I have to change in me? And we've been uh, through this uh, beautiful series on discipleship, which we're speaking about this. Us becoming more like Christ, in, in a, also in a very practical way. And so it is a commandment. And again, the, all the commandments that Christ has, has put on his church are for our benefit. This is our last goal. Sometimes we may think that God is commanding us and, and we say, oh, why, Lord, he's always you trying to, to change and to lead my life. And, you know, I, I want sometimes, maybe you feel that I want to be a, a bit on, on my own. Lord, why do you want to, do you want me to do this, to change that? But at the end, the bottom line is that it's all for your good. Because when you forgive, you will taste the freedom and the joy and the happiness of something that was broken, something that was uh, destroyed and suddenly is repaired. And you are happy. I, and I can say that. It, it gives you joy. And you can move forward in victory. So the commandment of Christ is for you to, to reach that fullness in which you can taste the real freedom, the real joy that He wants to put in, in your life. So if you do not forgive, the other problem that is we start, we start, what we do, we step in our, in the, in the flesh, in the realm of the flesh. There is this constant battle between, within us, the, the, the spirit and the flesh. And our job as a children of God, if you want, is to, is, is to, is, is so that our spiritual life can rule over our fleshy life. And whenever we forgive, we are imposing our spiritual life, our spiritual self on our flesh self. Whenever we don't do that, we are moving outside the spiritual realm because we are judged. God, Jesus is asking us to forgive unconditionally, no matter what, no matter how hard it is. He can give us the strength. He's asking to forgive. The moment we are not doing that, we are moving on our own. 
And because we are measuring that situation with our understanding, with our human understanding that says, you know, this man does not deserve any forgiveness. If we start to use this human way of speaking, then what will happen? It will eventually turn against you. Because you will, the same standard, you will use it to yourself. And you will feel you are not worthy to be forgiven by God. If you think that people around you are not worthy to be forgiven by you, I, I can put my hand on the fire that in, in your prayer life, you get, you, you, you get these thoughts coming in your mind that you do not deserve to be forgiven by God. Because we are moving in this, in this flesh realm. While when we learn how to forgive, we learn as well how to accept Christ's forgiveness in our life. We learn really how to, to walk in the Spirit. We, we really learn how to enjoy the grace that has been poured on our lives. So it's a commandment. It's a, a commandment that he wants to lead, lead, that is leading us to something good because Christ wants us to grow in Him and He wants, He wants us to be united. And, and then we can bring this in the context of a church. Okay? So unity is important in the family, but unity as well is very important in the church. Because no matter, no matter what, if there is division between me and, and, and brother within the church, how can I pray for this person? You know, I, fi I find myself as well in this situation. That, that's so fun. I'm going to tell you without saying names and anything. I had once, I had a problem with someone and somehow it wasn't sorted. And then we came, um, we went into a church service and then there was this nice appeal at the end. Why don't you pray for the person next to you? And guess who was next to me? It was this person whom I really, oh, I cannot go on. How, how can I pray for this person? And it really was, you know, I've tried and I really felt so faked. And then I really repented before God because I actually prayed. I said something. My, my heart was completely somewhere else. It's so hard. It's so difficult when there is unforgiveness, when there is not a connection that we can share in Christ, really to, to pray in power. And you know, we in the church, we want to see miracles, we want to see good God moving, we want to see, but hey, how can I pray for healing for someone if, if I really, I, I'm not connected with that person? How can I pray for power? How can I pray for things to happen if that really is the picture that I have of me with, with the people around me is like a lot of like a puzzle, a broken puzzle? How can really, we really be effective in our prayer and our spiritual life? And you see, when, when there is division, then, you know, Satan is, what Satan is managing to do is, is to stop potential. Is to, is to stop something to develop in something big. You know, uh, we take this church, center church, we are, is here in Burgess Hill, the calling is for this place, and there is a huge potential here, there is a, a huge potential in each one of us here, but if there is quarrels, if there is division, we will not be able to be effective in this community as much as we would if we were together. I'm not saying that there are this problem are, are here present in this church. Or perhaps they are, and I don't know. Perhaps there is some of, of you here who you are letting unforgiveness and division actually dominate in your heart. I don't know. But I want to make the point it's important for the church to be united. Because you love God. You serve God. You are a child of God. You want to see the kingdom come, don't you? Well, there are stuff that we have to do in order to see this kingdom to come. And one of these is to forgive, to bear with each other, and to move on together. Only when we are together, God will be able to take out the most of the potential of a church, of an individual, of anything, in any situation we are. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, again, Paul's write, Now you are the body of Christ, 
and each one of you has a part of it. Like it or not, you are a part of the body of Christ. And if you think about yourself, you try to walk, and suddenly your foot goes in the other direction. Try to walk straight. You'll probably get people laughing at you in the street, eh, you go, because you develop something like, you know, like this. Or you, you, you are frustrated because you cannot control. You know, I, I, I'm not saying there are sickness sometimes that force us to, to our body to behave in a certain way. But try to understand the picture that I'm bringing. When we are, when me, if I am a part of, of a body, but actually I'm, I'm, I'm functioning on my own, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I will not be able to be successful in a sense, a conqueror in Christ, because I'm letting division and, and separation to rule over my heart. I'm letting flesh ruling over me, while it should be our spirit to take control of our flesh. So unity is something important. And again, is, is, uh, I really want to stress this. If you feel there is something that is separate, maybe someone here, just don't let this service be over until you've you're forgiven, if there is some, someone to be forgiven. Or maybe is someone at work and you will see tomorrow, deal with that. Maybe some, someone in your family, deal with that. Forgive. Um, sometimes we, you know, uh, when it comes especially to, uh, as I said, I didn't go through uh, my, my life. And until now, I was blessed to be born in a, in a you know in a Christian family, and my, my, I had always a good atmosphere around me. And I, I sometimes I came across with people who maybe were abused within their own family, and there are sometimes things that are very difficult to uh, to deal with and to forgive. But you see, as a, as I, I just was saying before, if we don't manage to forgive someone who is dear to us, someone who is close to us, how can we move forward? You may think you can, but you actually cannot. And now when it comes on how can I do that, what I'm doing here, I'm pointing you to Christ because I don't have the solution. I can tell you that our job is to forgive. And I can tell you that Christ can give you the strength to forgive. And I'm urging you, just as Paul was urging the Corinthians, to, to forgive. Because you see, if they, if they would have not forgiven this man, um, something would have happened to this person, actually. Uh, let me find the verse. Um, Verse 7, now instead you ought to forgive and comfort him so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Because you see, when, when we don't give forgiveness to people because we may think in our imagination that they don't deserve, they've been so bad, what we are doing, we are building sorrow in their life. And if this is our desire because they've been so sorrowful to you, now you want to be to cause sorrow to them, we are completely out of the way. We are called to love, we are called to, to build together. So no matter how difficult it is, don't let the sorrow to burn on this person. I, I met a situation where there was a father who was begging for his son to forgive him because of things that he did in his past. And somehow this person would, this, was, wouldn't give this forgiveness to, this, um, uh, to his father. And this man was crushed, was destroyed. And I could talk to him. There was really tears in his eyes and, and said, oh, no, my son, why is he doing that? So... When we, when we, we, when there is unforgiveness, it's not just something that is damaging us, but it's damaging people around us. Another thing that I wanted to share about forgiveness and, uh, is Satan is, it is in Satan interest not to, not, not just to separate people, not just to, to place unforgiveness within us as an individual so that we don't go along with each other, but he wants you also to put in a, in a position where you cannot forgive yourself. 
where you let things from the past, maybe mistaken that you have done in your past, to condition your present. Christ has already dealt with that. We had this beautiful word, you know, as we were praying that, you know, the, 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 the sacrificial goat and the escape, the escape goat. He has dealt with your sin and his skin, your sin has been, have been removed. But then it's, it's from us to accept, to embrace the fullness of this forgiveness. And, and, and sometimes Satan starts to play, plays with us and say, are you sure you deserve that? You don't deserve that forgiveness. But actually you do. Because God loves you so much that he has died on the cross for you. And I just want to read a few verses verses from, from Psalm 103 that speak, they are speaking about uh, the forgiveness of God towards us. Praise the Lord my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your disease. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies you, your desire with good things so that you, your youth is renewed like the angels, like, like the eagles, sorry. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known, he made known his way to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sin deserve, or replies us according to our iniquity. But listen to this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. And someone once said that we don't even know how high are the heaven above us because the universe is infinite. So how can we quantify and understand the love of God? And then in verse 12, as far as the east from the west, so far as you remove our transgression from us. And again, the same guy whom I don't remember exactly who he was, was saying, we don't even know as well the east and the west, how far they are. If you draw a line, it's just infinite in the universe. But yet it's so far. God has taken our transgressions and has removed them from us. As a father has a compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. So if we are here to get today, and for you it's hard to forgive yourself. You are maybe, are, you are carrying inside of you something from your past that is stopping you from really to, from, from, uh, from tasting the fullness of the forgiveness of God, the freedom that you can have in Christ. It's time for you to consider what we just read, what we just read together, and to consider what Christ has done for you on the cross. So, so we have to forgive ourselves by accepting what God has done for us, which is to forgive us through Christ. Philippians, Philippians 3, chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Now, Paul was using this word in a different context, context here, but there is something about forgetting what was behind and pushing towards something that is ahead of us. There is something about if, um, leaving behind some of the things that uh, are mistakes that we have done and maybe are still conditioning your present. Just we have to forget them because God has, has, has already forgotten them. God is not, you know, sometimes we, we, we deal with ourselves like in a way like, uh, I don't know even how to describe when God for us, we are already clean. We are pure before him. And what he's asking to, to us to do is really to embrace this forgiveness so that we can move forward in life.
and we can reach our full potential. So forgiveness, something important, something vital for us to be understood as individual, in, to be applied in our family, to be applied in our community, to be applied in our churches, but as well something to be understood and to be applied to ourselves. So I want to invite just the worship team to come here um, as we are I'm going towards the conclusion. And I really want to, uh, to, go, to conclude by inviting you, inviting you today perhaps to, to deal with some of the ghosts, if I can say that, that belongs to your past or perhaps that belongs to your present. I really want to invite you to, to, to set things right with God and with this person. Because to be Christians, yeah, you can come. To be Christians, to be follower of Christ, really means to, to, to yes, to follow Christ, but as well to, uh, to grow in a fullness of being like Him. And as I said before, when we, forgiveness, although it's hard, there is first of all someone who can give you the strength to do that, and then ultimately we will taste the freedom of the joy of being, uh, of being uh, again free to, free to move in life. So why don't we all stand? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.